I'm Adam, Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Greyskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, by the power of Greyskull. This is the Dial-Up Dudes. Welcome back to the Dial-Up Dudes, the podcast bringing you digital content for the pop-up pirate generation. I'm your games master, Jim Dolan, and this week I'm joined by my busy, buzzy bumblebee, Mr. David Springer. How you doing, Hello. Dave? Hello. I'm very good, thank you. How are you doing, Jimbo? I am absolutely wonderful. Thank you very much, mate. I'm also joined by my hungry, hungry hippo, and that's Mr. Robert Bish. Salutations, oh. motherfucker. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> Hello. Um, I'm very happy to be back. If I if I sound a bit croaky, I've got a bit of a sore throat, so sorry about that. We'll have to just hate your, your frog-like sounds. Hate <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> so this week's show, we've got a, a few interesting topics we're going through. So first of all, we're going to be talking about uh, storylines from TV of the past, things that stood out. So maybe the, the big ticket soap lines, maybe some of the weird things that happened in the middle of shows. Um, while they're you know, on, a, on a long run. Uh, we'll then be talking about uh, the news. So there's not a lot going on in the news at the moment that isn't miserable. So we've tried to find some fun things to chat about. And then before our game, which will close out the show, we'll then be talking about what it's like to be getting a bit older when you start to care a bit less what people think and less about peer pressure. So kicking off the show, we're going to jump straight in with tv shows of the past so boys i put you to work at uh last week to look at some of the shows that we grew up with some of the big kind of storylines that were dramatic some of the weird things that happened what did you find in your archive rob should we go to you first yeah i, I as i think I mean, as we talked about jim I, I actually found this a little bit hard because i never really watched a lot of uh, kind of kind of british tv but you said oh go to the american stuff as well but i always thought the american stuff was a little bit well made but i just remembered um something from my past which i always used to watch it was the, i used to come home from school and i used to like go to channel four and i'd always watch friends even though i never like really like friends and then i always watch roseanne as well but i don't know if roseanne was on channel was it on it was Sunday? channel four i can't remember what channel, yeah 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 but the, th- the thing I'm going to go for is Roseanne because I couldn't think of anything. So, but I remember this vividly and it really bothered me. You know, it really played on my mind for years. So I used to like watch it all the time. And I remember they got halfway through the season and they recast Becky with a different actress. I think oh, they had Sarah they Chalk. That. Yeah, Sarah Chalk from Scrubs, wasn't it? Dave? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. And I, don't be wrong, I actually thought she was a better Becky. But it really drove me nuts. I couldn't get over it for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's, it's really hard, isn't it, when you've got that person in your head as the character and then all of a sudden it's someone else. I think the only time it works is when it's acknowledged, like in a little kind of breaking the fourth wall, a bit of a, a little wink. Not to the camera, yeah. The only program it actually works for is Doctor Who, really. <laughs> well, it's part of the plot, isn't it? <laughs> Did you guys ever watch um, Sensei on, on um, Netflix? No. It's, a, it's, a, it's not doesn't yeah, fit with the retro yeah, theme yeah. yeah so in season one one of the major characters um was played by this guy uh he's gone on to do i think he was on um i may destroy you that's the only other thing i've seen him on but um he he left the show after season one and season two they had this guy who looks completely different he was like taller he was more stacked he had like a really little head like modern Harewood. and um 
in the opening episode, his kind of like psychic kind of buddy said, uh, oh, you know, lo- lots of stuff has changed. You're looking like a new man. And it was kind of a bit of a, almost like a, a, you know, a pause. It was just too long to make it like they were acknowledging it to the camera. That's mm. the only time it works. I just don't, well, he done a massive mistake leaving that show though, didn't he, really? He hasn't been in anything else afterwards, apart from, but say, I May Destroy was cool though, so. It was, yeah. Very frustrating, but very cool. Um, but yeah, I, I can't I can't bear it when they change actors or actresses. I just it really annoys me. I, I can't get over it, especially when they're a big character as well. I know they have to do it sometimes because it will compromise the show if the actors left. But it, for Roseanne, it destroyed it destroyed it for weeks for me. Then I, I, I kind of got over it, and I was and I'm one of them kind of people that per, you know perseveres with a show even if it's crap. I'll keep watching it. And obviously Roseanne went on for God, how long did it go on for? maybe my yeah. whole lifespan Until it's one of those like, moments um, where you saw like um the youngest grow up into an adult wasn't it yeah yeah dj yeah 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 dj yeah you dj yeah i think it is dj, DJ yeah. yeah the son young yeah son. it's just like, it's like when you watch things like modern family and stuff like that and they're all getting older and stuff like you think god man I'm, i feel like i'm growing up with them so rob were, but, you, were you raging like when they changed meg griffin oh my <laughs> You don't know if you started them. If, if, if I showed you my walls, or I've had to like replaster them. You know <laughs> the anger I've got inside me when it comes to the recasting. It's unreal. But the thing I'm going to lead into with Roseanne is the end season of Roseanne. Do you any of you guys remember this the end season of Roseanne? Hang on, you're not the most recent one because obviously no, 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 I didn't watch it. that. That's an abomination. Then she abomination. Got, then she got for racism or something. I can't remember what she got done for, but it, got much, it killed her off, didn't they? Yeah, they actually killed her off in the show. I believe they did, didn't they? How did they kill her off? Oh, yeah, and they rebranded it the Connors, didn't they? They rebranded it yeah, the Connors. Says, what, did she, like, crash her RV into something? <laughs> like, what, what happened? I, don't, I need to look this into this. Her Confederate flag fell down on the windscreen and she drove off a cliff. No, what happened? It fell down and she wrapped around her face and she fell into the swimming pool and she drowned, a bit like Final Destination. <laughs> <laughs> But if we, if we go back to the kind of original season, like the original kind of show of um, Roseanne, at the end of Roseanne, uh, it really weirded me out because you kept hearing like Roseanne narrating the show. And I was like, what's happening? Why is she narrating it for? And I could never get, 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 like, get my head around it. And it turns out at the end of Roseanne, it was all a book. And she was reading from the book. And I was like, what? It's a book? And it just blew my mind and I absolutely hated it. And it bothered me for years and years and years. I woke up and it's all a dream. It basically is. It's Dallas, but with a book. But it's so weird though, because it's like about, it's a sitcom about people's lives. Nothing, you know, a book has a beginning, a middle and end. It has a story and it has a conclusion. Roseanne didn't have a conclusion. It was just day-to-day life of some people. Yeah, it's exactly. It's it's about a mundane family. You know what? (laughs) Who are racists? You, you, you can say that, but you know what? Like, and you look back, but there were some complicated characters in there. Was it Jackie, Roseanne's sister? Yeah, I think she had like, yeah. an abusive relationship, or yeah, I remember when Roseanne and Dan had real big arguments, and I remember once when John Goodman punched through the wall, and I was, I went to my mum, oh god, it's real serious. Was that like King, <laughs> like King Ralph too? King Ralph too. Yeah. And, and do you know what? It just, it just, I just, I mean, because. I just thought it was really rubbish. Now I always remembered like watching this TV show called The Last Man on Earth, and he he had a fallout with the with the, the producers, and he was like, 
Um, so how we tried to end it was that the cat woke up on the sofa and he looked around the room and everyone in the, in, in the house was the people in the TV show and it was just a cat having a dream. <laughs> uh, it's just kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, I haven't actually seen the last yeah. season. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, I was just like he, I swear, he, didn't, he didn't get to write it and they cancelled the show on him, but that's what he wanted to do to piss them off. <laughs> So that, that is point. weird, though, to take a, a, a franchise, not a franchise, but like a big old series like that that was very popular and just turn it into a book. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, it's lazy, I think. I think lazy, kind of weird writing. But do you know when you watch something, I don't and and, you, and you, you're looking forward to how it ends. I don't know about you, but like with, I've watched a lot of Lost, and when it comes to an end, I hated the ending, and it just bothered me. Like I just I remember it really played in my mind. It was like lazy writing. I, I tried to get into Lost, but I just couldn't get my head around the fact that a guy they were on an island and that guy just never lost any weight at all I couldn't get into like, the whole fantasy of like you know it's just being a, a made-up tv show you know it, they're on a desert island and the whole premise but when when it comes down to it, it's like mate you should be losing weight if you're on a desert island you've got a sna- <laughs> stash of cooking somewhere <laughs> he, he did he did always address that though, didn't he in the show he always went I know you're looking at me and thinking why haven't I lost weight but he never answered the question. It's eat, so eating sand. Eating eat sand eat as a high nutritional value. Maybe he had um, uh, overactive, no, underactive thyroid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bringing it down to a boring middle-aged type thing. But those are the kind of people that we are. Um, you know, so on, on that, though, a show, I think, sometimes, you know, sometimes shows end really, really badly. But it doesn't take away from how good it was when it was good. So that Game of Thrones, awful, awful ending. The worst oh, ending yeah. I've ever known to a TV show. But... The other seven seasons that came before it was so good that you're like, all right, the end of the ending was crap, but everything that happened before it was still awesome. Yeah, I was so disappointed with the ending Game of Thrones. It was kind of a rush job, wasn't it? Oh god, well, they, they, they got the Star Wars job, didn't they, Rob? Yeah, that's what I, that's why I'd read it quick as possible because there was supposed to be another whole season, but then all the writers got the start, like Jim said, got the Star Wars. Um, writing job so that was it and the guy had and written the last book so book. they basically yeah a lot of stuff up <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just it was crap well i hope i hope that i hope latest book's a bit of a rush job then when he does it <laughs> you know, Dave, apparently, all, novella. apparently you hear narration all the way through the last book apparently it's all a book <laughs> <laughs> what's your uh, what's your um tv show memory dave okay so you're gonna have to go back to 1995 so oh. in america O.J. Simpson's found not guilty of murdering his ex-wife. In Singapore, we've got Nick Leeson, who's been arrested for the collapse of Berrien's Bank. While in Liverpool, there's a scandal brewing at number 10, Brookside Close, as a body is discovered underneath the patio. <laughs> so so with, with this, again, I have to go back to 1993, when the Jordache family, which consisted of um, Mandy and the two daughters, Beth and Rachel, um, yeah. they, they escaped basically because their father Trevor was abusive probably beat him up and anyway somehow he manages to track the family down and the cycle of abuse starts again and um, basically when Beth discovers that her mum has been getting beaten up by Trevor again she decides you know what I'm going to kill him and she basically ropes her mum into it and they try a few times to kill him you know, with weed killer and such but they don't get no, they don't get away with it. Weed killer. With weed killer, not like marijuana weed, man. Weed, <laughs> smoking weed, and um, stoned to death, buddy. Anyway, <laughs> they decide to start crushing like painkillers in his in his drinks and stuff, and he gets caught. Basically, she, he catches them, and 
he pretty much kicks off as you probably would do when you try and discover like no someone's trying to kill you and he starts beating up beth and the mum she just plunges a knife into his back killing him dead so in the dead of night they roll his body in up bin bags and bury his body under the patio and obviously that's all well and dandy he's gone off again and two years later after a um a leak uh, underground leak um the next door neighbour, uh, I think it's Eddie Banks, he digs up the neighbour's um, garden to discover the bodies. And that... that was a brilliant plot. I absolutely loved it. And it was a bit weird because it kind of had a lot of similarities to like, the Fred West case in the fact that the bodies in Fred West's house, under his patio, were discovered in 1993, which was before Brookside. And mm. Fred West killed himself in 95 the same year as the bodies were discovered. So a bit of a, a weird... I, I remember that one, Dave. I, did, I never used to watch Brookside, but I remember it being all over the papers. Like, it was like... That, that was when, when TV was... When, when the news was really into TV, wasn't it? And, like, you'd actually get front page about the like, stuff that's on the soaps, and it was a big-time story. Oh, yeah. Who was the really famous actress who was in Brookside? Anna Frill. Anna Frill. Anna Frill. Was, she in, was, she, was she involved in that plot line? She was Beth. She was bad. Oh, okay. That's why I remember it then. She was... I, I never watched. I never watched it, but I think I watched it for that. Oh, you watched. I wonder the... she did well out of that. Is it because she had that? She had that story. I think she had the first ever lesbian kiss on a British oh, TV show. Yeah, I saw that taped. <laughs> <laughs> that tapes one through now, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but but the sad thing was in regards to that storyline was that like after a long trial, um, Mandy was sentenced to life and Beth got um, five years in prison, but. After a bit of a while, new evidence was brought to the fore, and before they went to appeal, Beth died of some sort of heart disease. Oh man! So, so she never got off on the TV show. Well, not in real life. I don't remember well. that. <laughs> yeah, she, she, yeah, she, <laughs> she died of a no, she died of a yeah heart disease um, while awaiting um, the appeal, and obviously Mandy was released, but obviously Beth met her maker. Was it? Was did it well? Do... Sorry, going Rob. So did they do that to? Um... Literally, stop. I have to film the whole film uh, court case to shorten it to make it easier and cost effective. Do you think? No, I reckon because Anna Frill was making a name for herself and she probably wanted out. <laughs> Jump your ship, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was it well done, Dave? Do you remember the, the whole domestic violence thing? Because the one that I'm going to talk about in a minute also has some domestic violence in it, but I don't it, think it was well done. It, I think it was really well done and you know you really got to sympathize and empathize with you know the character the abusive character and uh, my and it kind of like reminds me of me being young because my, my family was a bit domestically violent my stepdad towards my mum and you know it just you, you kind of you kind of felt the characters and you you know it, when you see someone getting killed it's like you know what I have, I have no sympathy for that guy at all you know whether it's weed killer um pills or you know with a knife I think so not condoning murder, but I can really see why they were driven to those lengths, especially, you know, the fact they had to escape him in the first place and he tracked him down and just started the cycle of abuse over again. So you know, I, th I think they've done really well. And I think, you know, it captured the, you know, the country's imagination with, you know, with his story, powerful storyline. And as you said, you know, the press were all over it because it was such a powerful storyline what resonated with a lot of people throughout the country. I remember people talking about it. That's why I watched it. Like people were proper 
you know, word of mouth in it everywhere. And is it, is it, do you reckon that's one of the reasons why Coronation Street had that serial killer come into the show for a while, wasn't well, it? John, John... Well? Did they want a serial killer? No. Did you put a serial killer try afterwards? I think there've been a few. I think there've been a few serial killers on um, Corey. Is that the one? <laughs> two of them. Is that the one that um, that ended up that Gail ended up marrying, and then he tried to like drive the car into a, a river or something and kill them all? Yeah, oh, I'll try and kill Gail though if I was married to her. But I had to, I had to make it float though. <laughs> so what the story? The story I picked was um, the big Sharon and Phil story, like the original ones. So when she was married to Grant. So if you remember, she was married to Grant. He was really horrible to her. Um, I was talking to Pete about this today and I said, oh yeah, he was knocking her about. And he said, that's a, that's actually a little bit of a misconception because he only hit her twice. And I went, well, only, you know, not only, but in, 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 your, in your memory, you, you've, you sort of remember him as being this character who's like constantly knocking her about. But I think it's because there were so many microaggressions in there as well that it built up. So there was, there was like, he was hitting her twice on screen he was threatening her constantly. He was threatening Michelle. He was like, you know, she'd try and go through a door and he'd block the doorway. Um, so there's all these like little things and the big things as well that made you remember it being, it being such a bastard. But the thing watching this stuff back now on, on UK Gold or whatever it is, um, and that's why I asked if, if you thought it was done well, Dave, is because it just seemed so blasé, the domestic violence. It was like, you know, nowadays that would be a hard hitting story and it would be, you know, it'd be seriously covered there. It just seemed like it was treated as the everyday. You know what? I, I, I can't, I, I struggle to comment about EastEnders because I absolutely hate it as an East Londoner. I just, I just, <laughs> I just can't, my, my wife loves it. And, you know, I just can't get over the fact there are so many like, inconsistencies. And, you know, I know it's not based in real life and I've got to like, you know, park the whole, it's not reality and it's just a soap in, that, in its own fictional little world. But there's so many things which just like, doing my head in about it it's like so hang on dave you're telling me that it's not realistic that a woman sleeps with her husband's brother then confesses it on tape to a therapist who then leaves it in a car that goes into the garage where one of the one of the guys works and then it gets listening to by someone who picks it up takes it into the pub plays it in front of everyone i think on new year's eve then that all kicks off she gets kicked out he tries to take the pub over he brings his mum in he sleeps with her best friend she moves to america and has his baby you're telling me that none of that is plausible Fucking hell, Jim! Do you know what? Yeah, actually, I actually think that happened when I was growing up in Beckton. I think no, that was, that was, that was pain, is it? Always, always wondered why they never made like a a really kind of good like an East London show, but like a proper drama, like but not like EastEnders, like real, real, real good written like HBO shit series. It'd been really good. I thought they, they probably top, top have man. been Top Boy. Which well, one? Like a full, like a like a full, no, six six days a week. No, 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 no. Like they say, like a once a week kind of show, bit like I suppose, like like an adult EastEnders, basically. basically. I think it's yeah. probably because, like, to a degree, East Londoners are seen as caricatures. Like some like different mm. regions of the country, there are certain people who are seen as caricatures, and I think that's um, unfortunately where, where we we fall sometimes. I think that's why you know Danny Dyer ended up in EastEnders. He's all, like the ultimate Cockney caricature, um, but he's a real life person. I think that's probably how yeah. people see. Uh, you know what? I'm, actually, I'm so glad he wasn't introduced as like a, an odd man. He's just like a, just oh, a, a normal guy. Yeah, normal guy. I think to he's be honest, the story good, that he did, yeah, the story he did was quite good when he's this coming out of his son. That was a that was a really nice story. But j- just back to this um, um this uh, story of Sharon sleeping with her husband's brother. <laughs> just the dr- the drama of it. You uh, you can tell why you know why people love these programs because 
you know, someone taking a recording of her confessing it into the pub that she owns with her husband and playing it out loud in front of everyone. <laughs> I imagine <laughs> sitting in the writer's room coming up with that. Yeah. I can't remember what happened. What actually happened to Grant in the end? He Did he go to Brazil or something? Okay. <laughs> Brazil, Portugal. Well, is, they're, both, they're kind of the well, same-ish. We're, we're, well, they speak the same language. But we're, speak, we're watching yeah. it at the moment and it's up to the point where they've, he's just married Tiffany because she's pregnant with his baby. But he's actually in love with Lorraine. <laughs> but remember the bit where that comes coming up soon, right? When Frank accidentally runs over Tiffany. Lorraine, is she the one with like <laughs> big brown wavy hair? Is big curly like hair, Joe? yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah Tin foil. Yeah. I'm thinking of Frank. literally just wearing a bow tie. tie. He's yes. spinning around, running to someone over. Who isn't thinking of Frank like that? He should, oh, he's up. he should be on a banknote. Yes, Frank the bank. Pull on that, that'll turn it. Um, I've, got, I've got some, I've got some <laughs> special <laughs> mentions here because I, yeah, I, I, there were some things that came into my mind um, when I was thinking about this. So, do you remember in in neighbors? So, neighbors is is a soap, right? It's not. It's it's supposed to be set in the real world. I know, it's, you know, all this stuff happens. That doesn't it's an institution, happen. an institution, Jim. Institution, Cole Kennedy's institution. Um, but there was a weird thing that happened in there once, which I will always remember. Do you remember Todd and Phoebe? Yeah, pregnant teenage pregnancy, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So Todd was Christian Schmidt, who ended up being in the Tomorrow People and a couple of other things after after um, Neighbours. But um, Todd died, and then Phoebe decided to keep the baby. After he died in that the end of that episode, she stood looking in the mirror, holding her baby bump, and then uh, you know an apparition of Todd appears behind her. <laughs> right, a ghost. There's a ghost in EastEnders, and like, I think it's sort of like a, oh yeah, you're going to be all right type of thing. But that he stuff never happens. Neighbors. It was a ghost in Neighbors or EastEnders. Sorry. And this is Neighbors. Oh, neighbors. Yeah, cool. You said he said this in free. I was oh, sorry, sorry, beg your pardon. Um, yeah, so so this is a this is a serious soap. I mean, a serious estate soaps could be. And there's a ghost in it. <laughs> what did they say? Or did you just look at her? I, I I can't remember if I'm honest. I should have I should have checked it out. Um, but yeah, I just always remember that just being so so odd. I always remember something to do actually with kind of them kind of Australian soaps. I remember I used to watch um, Home and Away with my friend, with our our friend Paul Watson. And I remember that it was about this bloke who's an ex alcoholic and he he was like, hey, he had to get this interview and he's desperate for it. He went to the, I don't know why you'd go to the beach before an interview. So he goes to the beach before the interview and falls asleep because it's really hot. Then he wakes up and looks at his watch. He goes, oh no, I've missed the interview. You (laughs) ripper. We just thought, well, why, why, why did he see you? We just never understood any of it. We remember crying and laughing. Talking we to actually, himself. Insulting yeah, we actually himself. kind of edited it. For, we edited it and put it on his... On his we used to watch it. We keep watching it all the time because it makes make us laugh. Rob, do you remember, like, um, from Home and Away, they had, like, Bobby Fisher and a ghost to her? Yeah. <laughs> the ghost of Bobby Fisher. I'm going to have a new band Is this an Aussie thing? Is this an Aussie thing to have ghosts in your in your shows? Aussie ghosts. Aussie ghosts. That could be a bad name. twist. Um, the, the other special mention I've got is, and I'm sure you guys will remember this, when Harold Bishop got washed out to sea. He lost his memory, didn't he? <laughs> so I, I was talking to Pete about it today and I was like, what, what happened? He was on holiday in Tasmania, wasn't he? He was like, yeah, he was posing on a rock by the edge of the sea. <laughs> And a wave came and took him away. And then Madge stood there on, and he, Pete got the video and played it to me. Madge stood there um, at the edge of the, the water, sounding like Mama Fratelli, going, Harold! Harold! <laughs> so, yeah, so Harold disappears. And then years later, 
reappears, his memory's lost, and he's working in the Salvation Army, um, and he's, he's, he's called Ted. <laughs> Hello, Ted. Nice Australian name. Ted, Ted. I love it. That's, that's the best one so far, that is, for me. That's my favourite. <laughs> so, um, that, that's, that's a wicked little chat. Um, after this break, we're going to talk about uh, a bit about the news. I love you, Ted. Ted. Birds eye potato waffle, so I'm only versatile. They go with beans, bangers, bacon, burgers, fish, fingers, a fish, fingers, eggs in, eggs on, gammon, steak, chops, grill them, bake them, fry them, eat them. Birds eye potato waffle, so I'm only versatile. Welcome back. Um, so we've been every week talking about something that's in the news um and i think we're li- we're getting a little bit you know a little bit tired of all the misery in the world and there are so many things in the news that we could have talked about this week um but i think most of them are actually quite downbeat and quite sad and although it's right to acknowledge those kind of things um sometimes you want to listen to something a bit upbeat so there was a news item that um occurred this week uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read it read it out to you. So credit credit to the BBC. This is the BBC. I'm not gonna read the the title. I'll come back to the end. When animal welfare animal welfare officers received reports of an unusual animal lurking in a tree in the Polish city of Krakow, they were not sure what to expect. People aren't opening their windows because they're afraid it will go into their house. The woman reportedly said, but a visit to the area showed the creature in question was not a bird, or even a reptile. But a croissant. <laughs> the animal, the, the Krakow Animal Welfare Society said the incident was genuine. Writing on Facebook, the organisation said its officers had asked the desperate caller whether the unidentified animal, which has been in the tree for two days, could be a bird of prey. The woman responded that it looks more like a lagoon, similar to a laguna, Polish for lagoon, before remembering the correct word leguan or iguana. Um, although the inspectors knew that it was unlikely that a reptile would survive the cool spring temperatures in the southern Polish city, they wondered if the animal could have been un- an unwanted pet abandoned by its owners. <laughs> Arriving on the scene, however, the inspectors found the headless and limbless object in a lilac tree, a pastry, probably thrown out the window to feed birds. The organisation remained lighthearted throughout the encounter and said the public should continue to err on the side of caution and report any concerns about animal welfare. So, um, yeah, so that, so that was the uh, article that caught my eye, titled Mystery Tree Beast Turns Out to Be a Croissant. Love that story, by the way. I've been laughing it all week because I love it that someone just wrote The Beast. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so uh, the great, uh, this is the brilliant thing. Sometimes these little nuggets come along in life, don't they, where uh, an old woman is looking out of a window, sees a croissant in a tree, <laughs> thinks it's a beast. <laughs> But how big was this croissant, though? You should think about it to be a beast. The beast of, like, it's a midget beast. It's tiny, you know. It's, <laughs> it just goes for your ankle. Or was it a really, really big croissant? <laughs> the um, so, tree. So, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I asked the chaps, what are the funniest or weirdest news stories that they have come across? So, um, Dave, oh, let's go oh, come on. First. Oh, come on. Uh, Freddy Star ate my hamster. <laughs> oh, I loved the whole story I did. Do you remember? Do you remember he done the live TV show, Dave and Freddie Star, and he, he got the he got the fake hamster out and threw it into the audience, and it all freaked out. <laughs> is, he still, 
Is he still alive, Freddy Star? I, I think he might have died recently. Didn't he? I don't yeah, know. I have to be honest. I'm very, very familiar with the story headline, but I don't actually know. Like, I've never read the story. Like, what, what, what actually happened? <laughs> no, just remember. Is it is it a bit is it a bit Ron still like he literally did eat a hamster or is it? I, I Didn't he do like an Ozzy Osbourne or something and a uh, show bit a hamster's head off and threw it in the ground? Totally grabbed some. <laughs> no, it wasn't a little girl who accused him. I can't remember now. In I there. remember him being quite a controversial figure at some points. He did, he and, did uh, die. He did die. Mm-hmm. Oh god! So, so this was a story from like 1986. Um, front line, uh, front page on the Sun. Um, basically, it was claimed that the comedian was staying at a Cheshire home of one of his friends, and <laughs> <laughs> and um, he um, he demanded that his friend make him a sandwich. His friend's girlfriend made him a sandwich, and when he refused, he grabbed a pet hamster, sandwiched it between two slices of bread, and started eating. It <laughs> <laughs> can't be real. Well, you know, if, if Ozzy Osbourne can eat a bleeding bottom stage, <laughs> yeah, but he was on drugs. It was a ham sandwich, yeah. <laughs> oh shit, I only just got that. <laughs> oh mate, okay, that's that's a good one. That's a good one to start. Okay, so let's let's go to Rob for another one. Okay, so let's go round. This this is this is this is kind of like an older story, but it made me laugh so much. I loved it. I actually use it as my profile for picture for ages and ages on of Facebook. So this woman became a photographer and um, she started taking pictures of uh, family portraits. So one day she gets this job in the forest with this family and she takes all these pictures of this family and, and like, and what happens is um, they all, they never see each other ever. I think one of them died as well when family members died. And then about a month later, they got the pictures back and she basically had messed up <laughs> the pictures. So the faces were unrecognizable. So she used paint and drew their faces on the picture. <laughs> Oh. You ever seen oh. that before? No. And, so, and so these all these all these little kids are like, what we do later on, we put this up on our Instagram page, the picture of this, what she took. And she um and she took she basically painted these little this little boy's face like a little doll. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And apparently, like the family was screwing her and she was like, but it's professional, you know, it's, it's done really professionally and everything. And it was um then he got like it went into the news and then people tried to stop her from working and everything. It was oh man. I gotta find the picture, it was so good. It's so publicity is good publicity. Have you ever have you so, never did you guys never hear that story? I, I'm sure I have actually. I'm sure, I'm sure that we loved really it, Jim. It was probably probably died. Um the the one I the, the first one I've got, um it's it's only it's it's I feel cruel laughing, but it is kind of funny. Um so there's a, a rich guy in the UK who bought out the the, the Segway business, so that he owns like the the, the company Segway, um, and uh, he was out on one in the country, and he was on this path, and he revert he, he reversed because he saw a dog walker come come in, so he reversed to um, let the guy pass, and um, he reversed straight off a cliff, <laughs> and fell forty feet to his death, and I feel bad because it is. You shouldn't laugh at someone dying, but it is such a humorous way to go. Oh and I kind of, I, I hope that he's up there in heaven, like laughing about it because it's like such a weird thing. Like the bike guy spent millions of pounds, bought at the Segway company, whizzing around in his little Segway and um, yeah, reversed off a cliff. Oh, Segway so to heaven. 
by the way, guys. Oh, Dave. Quite a heavy. I've found the picture of the little boy. I'm going to show you guys the picture of the little boy. I've definitely seen that before. <laughs> Hang on, let's have a look. One second. You see it, Dave? Yes, Sorry I for have. Yes. This is not a visual medium, but okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that picture. If Rob sent it to me, I'm gonna make that picture the podcast um, yeah, front cover so everyone can see it. <laughs> um, Dave, Dave, back round to you. Have you got another story for us? Oh no, I just, I'm still laughing at the segue one. Just, just, oh, it's just... You, know, you guys may have heard this story. I've got another one. You don't mind me interrupting you, Dave? No, um, no, of course. Did you? Did you actually? I think he actually got it put in. It was actually in the papers. I remember it. I think he got turned into a Darwin Award story as well. So this man went to, to an interview, a job, in this big, massive, um, you know, um, apartment block. Not apartment block. Um, what's it called? Like, um, like, like the Gherkin. Like, you know, oh, skyscraper. Kind of. Yeah, skyscraper. And he was like, he was, this man was interviewing him. And he was like, the boat was a bit nervous. He's been interviewing, and he said to him, "Like, why are you nervous for?" He goes, oh, "I don't like being in high, in a, you know, in high buildings." He goes, "Don't worry about this." He goes, "These are the best windows you can ever buy." And the the man who was interviewing the chap ran up to the window, jumped into it, and smashed through the window and died during the interview. Oh no, um, he didn't smash, did he? He the panel, the, the, the panel, the, the pain fell out. Yeah, that's yeah, it, the yeah. pain fell out, and he just fell through and just died. Yeah, that is a Darwin Award. Yeah, they turned it to a Darwin Award. But I remember reading that story. I think I read it in, um, I think it was a really crap paper, I think, in a Daily Mail or something, in the train. I remember just crying of laughter. It was just like, imagine being in an interview and someone just jumping out the window. There's another one similar, wasn't there, where two guys were jumping on a bed drunk, and then I think one of them jumped on the bed while the other one was on there, and he flew out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah. you know what? Uh, if Dave, I want to go, I want to go like that. <laughs> Dave, have you got any more stories for us? Um, no. So I was looking at something. It's really random ones. It's like a woman ate her, a woman ate her fridge. <laughs> All these are from the star, which are really random. Do you? Do you? Do you I, I know. We want to, I don't know if this is a true story because it's. Just, I think it's a sport, isn't it? But do you remember them burglars that um, broke into a bloke's house? Oh, is it Tony Martin? I can't remember. Who did, he, did, he, did he kill him? Didn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was like uh, that. I think that was Tony and Martin. And he like he was like this notorious like um, massive bear dude, and he tied him up and stuff like that. Oh no, that oh the the thing that said um, bums to within an inch of your life. <laughs> and the guy, yeah, the, the guy with the bulgy eyes, it looked a bit like Steve Buscemi. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, house. that's right. Yeah, you got it smart. That's it. That was such a. I remember seeing that everywhere fucking years that story i mean that is quite a quite an unusual one um i've got a quite a recent one uh, which um i sent to you i think i sent to you guys earlier uh, but obviously the london mayoral elections are on at the moment oh yeah and there's a candidate in there who's just in it for a laugh and he used to be called um i think he was count buckethead and then he got sued <laughs> for like copyright or something yeah. so he's now count count binface <laughs> and he's uh he's released his manifesto um, I'll read out some of the choice ones. I'm not going to do the whole the whole lot. There's 20, 20 points on here. But point number one uh, in his manifesto is that London Bridge is to be re- renamed after Phoebe Waller. <laughs> F- Croydon is to get a facelift, ironically. No shops allowed to sell a croissant for more than a pound. So there'll be loads more beef in the trees. What's the one about the Queen um, having to um, on building? So he said... Uh, <laughs> I'll get, I'll get to that one. Um, he said, loud snacks should be banned from theatres. 
Piers Corbin should be banished to the Phantom Zone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fan of that. Uh, oh, yeah. And the, okay, the royal one is he said the royal family are to keep one of Buckingham Palace, Kensington Palace, St. or St. James's Palace, and Clarence House, and the rest will be gifted to the nation to help eradicate homelessness. If they complain that one palace isn't enough, they'll be forced to buy a Crystal Palace FC. <laughs> Such a strange no one wants that. <laughs> to force to buy Crystal Palace FC. <laughs> so, uh, so there you go. So that's that's Count Binface who will be getting my vote. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Rob, you got any more? Oh no, I haven't. That's all I've got left, my friend. That's it. Okay, I've got I've got one more, and it's not it's not a particularly weird one, but um, my, my husband Pete comes from um, a place called Galston, which is next to Great Yarmouth. And they have this Yarmouth. newspaper called the uh, the Yarmouth Mercury, and they always have these weird little stories in there. So local local news is generally quite odd because you know not a lot goes on in small towns. So they yeah. try and find things to talk about. So you know when a uh, Frankie and Benny's opened, it made the front page. Um, so it's like that that kind of <laughs> level, and they're looking for things to talk about. So here's some examples of some of the headlines: um, door handle stolen from theatre. It's a genuine. <laughs> Genuine headline. Um, investigation launched after lawnmower cliff plunge. So much like uh, Mr. Segway, someone rode their ride on lawnmower off the cliff. Oh, no. Um, a woman's woman's plea to have cycle path closed outside her home. This is news. I, 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 uh, I'd be up for that. That's a bit frustrating, eh? And, <laughs> and lamp post catches fire in town centre. Um, but what's the a copper in that town? <laughs> You'd be so oh, cool. it's going to be e- easy job, isn't it? Um, and make a, t- and make a TV actually, show from, on your ITV. My favourite one is allotment vandalised by war veteran. <laughs> Just start shooting at it. Um, but but there's, there's one this in, in the sort of recent couple of weeks. Um, man buys Great Yarmouth Pleasure Beach log flume for £140 on eBay. So this guy um, from the North East apparently goes to Yarmouth every year for his holiday, loves the log flume. Um, they've, they've closed that ride down so he's bought one of the carriages for £140 and he's going to turn it into a water feature for his garden oh. <laughs> that's amazing that's nice would he, would he charge lovely? the kids reckon, to ride it just like really tiny <laughs> scoop the tadpoles out of the way yeah. <laughs> so uh, there you go that's, uh, that's our little odd happy news section oh you enjoyed that yeah I think like, last, few, that was the... last few times have been a bit depressing in these haven't they yeah, like, it's been a bit heavy. It's, it's a terrible show to news. It's well depressing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, more good news for you. After this commercial break, we will be talking about what it's like to grow older and stop giving a fuck. A finger of fudge is just enough to feed your kids' trees. A cavalry's fudge is just enough until it's time to eat. Welcome back to the dial-up dudes and behold my fields for where I grow my fucks. You will see it is barren, for I give none. Yes, getting older, um, one of the things I think we all tend to learn, um, and maybe it's because we let ourselves go a bit, or maybe it's just because we become a bit wiser, 
but we tend to start caring less about what other people think. Now, for me, that translates into um, opinions on things like what I what I wear, um, the movies I watch, the uh, music I listen to. In my 20s, these are all the kind of things that you'd kind of tiptoe around sometimes if you're a bit embarrassed. So getting a bit older, definitely don't care about those things as much anymore. Dave, what's it like for you being an older gentleman? Well, I would say, first of all, Jim, that you probably don't care that much because you're very well styled these days, I must admit. But maybe that's because I don't care as much. Well, you know, your just sense was a bit... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Either way, no, we're looking for the positive, so you're looking very good. Um, Thank you. Mark, you know what? I, I think, yeah, I think it definitely comes with age, um, not, not caring and not being so invested in... Um, the lives of other people. I think you know, my, my focus now is on my family, my work, and you know, I don't really have time to get stressed out or you know, try and appease people just because I want their friendship or um, you know, approval. It's you know, it's definitely you know a, a stage you go through where you want to try and you're finding your way in the world and trying to grow up, navigate your way through this um, really challenging thing called life. But obviously, once you find yourself comfortable with who you are and, you know, what your purpose is, should we say, um, you know, I think your focus then pretty much shifts into you know, where you need to be and what you want to do and what your priorities are in life, as opposed to trying to, again, find approval from peers who may not you know, have your best interest at heart anyway. So that's how I, so I see things. Right, you're up. I feel like I've been, I think I've had a bit of a reversal because I feel like I didn't give a shit that much when I was younger and I give a shit more now as I'm older. I think, I, I don't know if I've, be, I've kind of contemplated like life a bit more. I've kind of grounded my feet down on the ground a little bit, but I, I, I feel like I'm a little bit different to when I was younger, but I can't really, it sounds like a weird thing, but I don't remember how I was when I was younger. I remember being younger, obviously with you guys. And I think it was quite lucky lucky because I kind of grew up around you guys. I had a good bunch of friends, you know, mm. and I had a good family and stuff like that. I suppose when, if we kind of go back to when I was at school, maybe then I kind of gave a, gave a poop, basically, because it was so judgmental school was. You know, you had to be wearing certain clothes and you had to be listening to certain music. And the problem is at school, I was probably one of the, <laughs> a handful of people that didn't listen to that style of music. Because and so I was kind of a bit of an outcast on that side of things as well. Yeah, but you know what, Rob? Though um, as school goes, um, say you say you're an outcast. Um, I, I remember pretty clearly. You know, we, we were still pretty good friends at, at school, and you know, the popular kids wanted to have you, you know, hang out with them, but you didn't really subscribe to what they were doing or you know how they rolled. You no, know, you. I think you were the person who were you, know, you 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 engaged with both the uncool people and the cool people, and I'll just you being your, your hey, funny I'm not self. Bisexual, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so Rob is the coolest, the coolest, one of the coolest people of all, without knowing it. it, it, it I, I, I think he was. He's a, he's, a, he's a funny guy. He's very, he's very charming. My mum always said he was a charming, charming lad. <laughs> she's got a soft spot for you, as is my sister, apparently. Uh, <laughs> oh, Dave. Um, but yeah, you know, I think I don't, I don't think you, you really sought approval from. Or this is only my perception. I don't think you really sought approval from your peers because you just did your own thing and just didn't care. Yeah, I, I think that was right. And it was like, I think I have changed in my mindset because I remember like going on planes with you guys and I wasn't scared of flying. And I remember, you know, like I'd wear anything. I didn't care. I'd, I'd wear like, I'd go to work in your wine shirts. My boss was like, you can't wear your wine shirts. I'm like, why? You're not paying me enough. 
you know, <laughs> things like that. And he'd be like, you know, you, I've never said it. I'd never go to work with a wine shirt on now. Like, I'd go to my boss, why, you don't pay me enough? And I can't even get on the plane without, like, pooping myself. I'm having to take pills to actually get on the plane. But the thing is, so well, I'm you, kind of, but, you, but then you've got family and a wife to support. And, you know, you, you, you have to focus more on those now. You're not like a young lad who, you know, lives at home with their parents and just, you know, oh, I've left a job, now I couldn't find another one. You, you know, you have to really... Be considered in a what you know how you approach things, aren't you? You go, Jim. I was gonna say, as we're talking about um Rob and his changes, one of the things I asked uh, the guys to do is to write a letter to their younger selves. <laughs> and as we're talking about Rob quite a bit, let's 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 hear Rob's letter to, to young Rob. Do you want to hear my letter? Yeah, yeah, okay, ready? <laughs> Hi, younger Rob. This is much older Rob, all grey and shit. Um, this is just a little letter list that i'm writing to you with some do's and don'ts and all that jazz one thing i can say to you is about school it means nothing really it's that time after school college and work try harder at that may it may it may make life a little bit easier later on in life for you i'm not saying become a scientist just get a skill that you can build off of Let's skip a few years now. Um, don't get drunk and jump off a ledge onto a, a boat. That stunt will hurt your ankles for weeks and weeks. And it actually may hurt you now, stopping you playing for football. <laughs> oh, uh, let's go back to that work thing again as well. Don't stay in a job for too long. Because they, no one likes you that much, mate. And uh, they will get rid of you one day. Trust me. Jump ship. And then I'll go on to saying, Rob, Rob, Rob save some money because <laughs> i never save money so you have a better deposit for your house you don't want to pay it off in 100 years 100 fucking years time mate because literally we just got we got a mortgage cover today it's like you're going to be 60 something years old like, oh god <laughs> i'm now going to give you a list of do's and don'ts one travel more do two buy loads of movies don't three learn to drive do four Write a script of Pretty Woman 2, do. Five, spend more time with your friends and family, do. Six, go ghost hunting, do. Seven, don't care what people think, don't. Eight, tell someone to sit sit down and shut the fuck up on the plane because they are scared like you as well. Don't. I basically was in a flight, a flight to Brazil and a woman had a panic attack and I told her, because I was so scared, I went, sit down and shut the fuck up. And uh, so that was me. Did she understand you? No, they, had to, they literally, she, she had such a bad panic attack, they actually had to tie her down to the chair because she tried to open the plane door. It was really scary, actually. Okay, I'm going to end this now. Just remember to look after you. No, look, no, sorry, just remember to look at yourself in the mirror sometimes more because you're all right, mate. Peace out, bitch. P.S. Don't buy them shares in Woolworths. <laughs> So that's an interesting insight then, Rob, because a lot of the stuff you were saying before you read that out, that kind of ties into your, your letter there, that you're saying that you wish you'd been a little bit more serious when you were younger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, just, I'm not saying like totally serious all the time, but I think if, I think, you know, I don't mean school, I mean art school. I reckon if I could have just jumped into a job, got a skill and build off that skill, I think I'd have been like, and just, I'm not saying I'd have been a millionaire or loads and loads of money, but if I would have been on like about 10 grand more than I was on there, life would just be a bit more easier for us right now. Do you know what I mean? And I just think I could make, I probably could have been still the same person, 
you know, I wouldn't want to change my life or change anything that's worked. Because obviously it would be like a paradox view and, you know, my daughter wouldn't be there and I don't want to, but I just wish I made stuff a little bit easier for myself. But it's it's one of them things like your mum and dad used to tell you and, you know, go, don't do this, do that. You'd be like, oh, piss off. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, but I don't think it's all right, but I think a couple of the things they told me were right and I should have listened, you know. It's, it's interesting though, isn't it? Um, that I think, you know, Dave and I were talking about both of us about um caring less about what other people think it sounds like you've had that the gift since day one of always just knowing yourself all right you might have made some different decisions but it sounds like you always knew yourself and you never kind of went against uh, who you are what you what you thought yeah yeah what you believed i never i never judged anyone anyway like, like either like you know what i mean so you know i was you know, I always had like different kind of types of friends, you know, like if they were straight, they were gay. And obviously when we were growing up, you know, the, the, you'd say to someone in school, you know, you mate, are you gay or something? Do you remember that saying people say all the time? And yeah. it's such, such a shit thing to say to someone, you know what I mean? I always hated it. And, um, and I, I kind of like, I remember being quite young and mind and saying things sometimes. And I got, one day it just clicks in my head and I was like, this ain't cool. So I'm not going to say it anymore. As simple as that. And it's like ignorance of youth, isn't it, really? Yeah, exactly. And I just look, kind of look back at some things when I was peer, maybe it was a little bit kind of, I shouldn't have said a few things. So I maybe, I, I think it happened quite early on. I think I was turned about 15 or 16. I just kind of clicked in my head not to do these things anymore. Do you know what I mean? I just come a bit more independent that way. But it's, I say I was independent in the mind. I was always quite reliant on my friends at the same time as well. So I went to the same, I went to the same college as Dave because I didn't want to go to college on my own. <laughs> and I literally did um, legend tourism, and I didn't want to do legend tourism. Dave, what did you do, Dave, at college? Tourism management. <laughs> but that, but that, that led me on to like university, which then led me on to job in um, travel, which led me on to meeting my wife and then yeah, my son. Absolutely, yeah. And even though I don't work in like tourism now, it always it always an effect of somewhere, doesn't it? It's butterfly effects and all that. Yeah, and I got kicked out after a year. It's actually quite a good story about me and Dave at college. Do you remember Dave at Butlins? Oh yeah, let's not go into that anyway. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, you know, Rob obviously, this doesn't affect you in the same way. But Dave, do you, did you feel pressure sort of growing up then to, um, you know, wear the right thing, listen to the right thing, like the right movies, all that kind of stuff? Not so much, but I felt, you know, uh, I felt other pressures, which, um, which were probably internal pressures on myself. But you un- you understand more when I read my my letter to my younger self where I'm coming from. Would you, would you like to read your letter? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go to. It's not as long as Rob's or as heartfelt or as meaningful. But dear fourteen year old Dave, this is forty year old Dave writing to you as part of a segment for a podcast. I know right now you're thinking, what the hell is a podcast? Well, Dave, it's something in the future which rich, important people invite to do. So congratulations, you've made it. That said, there are a few tidbits of advice which I'd which will help you get to the top a lot quicker. One, get out of your room. You spend too much time lots away from the world. Two, say yes more. Take every opportunity that comes your way and don't be afraid of failing. Three, however, no is a complete sentence. Don't feel obliged to do things your friends want to do. Four, don't adhere to internal pressures to conform to stereotypes, whether racially, sexually or otherwise. Five, invest in Bitcoin. Six, in 2020, start a crowdfunder for Pit Fighter 3D. That's it. Live life, but live life, have standards, wash your balls. <laughs> I 
that gentleman's wash at the end, Dave. Exactly. <laughs> I think there's some really, really important messages in there, though. Say, saying no, especially to people who are your friends, yeah, I think um, is something that's really that does come with age. Um, be, being your own man and, and being confident confident enough to kind of be your own man without it being aggressive as well you know just sort of say no this is this is my line and and i'm happy if you want to cross it but i'm, I'm not going to cross it with you yeah but if, you, if he's your friend as well and you can say you can say no to your friend and your friend will be like all right then, don't worry about it we'll do something else or or don't worry about it we'll see you another time you know what i mean about taking it to heart you can you should, if you've got good friends they should be able to take a no once in a while do, do, do you think it's maybe that when you're growing up, you spend more time with your friends than, than anyone else? You get into a pack mentality because that, that's that's where you spend the majority of your time. So if most people want to do something else, you'll do it because that's who you spend your time with. Whereas when you get older, obviously you've got other your work colleagues, you've got family and all the rest of it. And I think it's hard to then break out of that that thing of, oh, well, I always do this as well. You know, so I, like- you need to you need to start compartmentalizing a little bit. Is it like the fear of missing out kind of thing, you know, because obviously, you, like you said, you are part of a pack and you don't want to I be the one to let yourself down. I, I think it's partly fear of missing out and then maybe partly just habit, getting trapped in a habit. I was notoriously known for not going out. <laughs> like notoriously known. I literally used to be like, yeah, I'm moving, I'm moving the fridge with my dad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in the bath. In the bath. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the bath. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I it was just like there was sometimes I just like I just don't want to go out. That, and that's the thing though, Rob. You could just say like I don't want to. Yeah, you know exactly, I mean, you, yeah. you don't need that excuses. Yeah, I don't, exactly. You, you, I think in life, you know, you have a right to say no. You're, you have a right to say give an opinion, give a fact, without having to make an excuse. Yeah, you know, people should just accept it. Now my excuses are a running joke. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is true though. We all we all know um, the same feeling where you feel like I'm, I'm going to say peer pressure because it is. You feel the pressure of of not being able to say no, and actually when you get to this, I mean for me getting to this age, I'm, I'm quite happy to say you know what no I just I just don't fancy that. Thanks. Maybe next time. And but yeah. now when I say maybe next time I do mean it. Whereas in the past, if there's something I didn't want to do, I'd yeah, exactly be palming off and it'd be the a permanent maybe next time. But now it's sort of like, no, I mean I don't fancy it now. Or yeah. I don't fa- you know, that's not my thing. So nah. What you should do, Jim, is get back to some person who actually said <clears throat> maybe next time, that 20 years ago. Remember that time where you <laughs> <laughs> down the millers. Next they, time, they, they really, yeah, they really like they're like, no, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> who are you again? I think I think well, I think I was me personally. I don't know. We kind of run in the same circles, really. But I feel like I was really lucky to kind of grow up with with a really kind of good bunch of kind of chaps and lasses as well. And I yeah. talk to a lot of other people, and they talk about their friends when they were younger. They sound like nightmares, like actually mm. they had absolute nightmares. And I just feel like we didn't really have. Don't be wrong. There was sometimes we used to have a bit of Barney Rubble once in a while and stuff like that. But there was nothing too major. Well, you know. with the core friends I had. Like the fact, the fact that we you know we all went like secondary school together and we've known each other since then and still now, you know, you know you've got a good group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Look, me, me, and Jim, me, and Jim, kind of knew each other. Carl, Jim, how long have we known each other now, Jim? Twenty-two years. Yeah, it's been a long time, and we've been like best buds since, man. Like all, like, all three of us here, like solid as. No, any, as anything really, and just, I just I feel for, I, it's one thing if if I, if I died tomorrow, at least I'd be like, God, oh, these are a good bunch of friends, these are a good family. Yeah, you know, that was we, we, we raise it, we raise a pipe to you. 
Yeah. So Jim, so Jim, so let's say your letter. Um. Okay. Uh, mine's a little bit long. Sorry. Oh, oh hang um, on. Oh, yeah. Jim's wrote, Jim's wrote the Bible again. Oh, no, I have not. It's not. <laughs> okay. Um, dear Jim, sorry, James, you don't like being called Jim yet. To be honest, you'll never really like it, but believe me, one day you'll realise you hate it a lot less than you hate the name James. I'm a big believer in causality and the dangers of telling my younger self about the future, so I'm afraid once you've read this, you'll have a few minutes before it's wiped from your memory, like Men in Black. Remember Men in Black? Of course you do. That's probably a new movie for you. Right about now, you're probably wondering why I'm bothering to write this if I'm just going to wipe the memories after, but I just want you to know, even if it's just for a few moments, that it's going to be all right you're going to be all right. Actually, fuck that. You're going to be amazing. I know you'll struggle to hear that or to believe it. You're so hard on yourself and you really shouldn't be. Um, I think those around you who are unkind have sadly got into your head and I know how you second guess yourself and constantly end up with your foot in your mouth. Then you're overly critical and you end up isolating yourself. I realize this seems like an endless cycle, but it will end. You're going to be so confident. You're gonna live your life for yourself and yourself alone. You will literally not care about other people's opinions because you know who you are, what you're about, and that you're a kind person. And you're going to make positive changes in the world. Now, don't get excited. You're not about to be in a Hollywood blockbuster or top the charts, but you're going to make a difference and that will make you happy. Now, try not to get freaked out, but those mean kids at school have got one thing right. You know when they called you gay? Well, they're kind of right. And although that's scary for you, in the future, you're going to realise that letting go of that fear is part of what makes you thrive. What's more, you're going to meet an awesome guy called Pete. Weirdly, he lives not far from that caravan holiday park you went to when you were 11. Do you remember that? He's going to change your life. And once you two are together, nothing will stop you. Please remember the situation you're in now is all temporary. There's so much to come. And although it's not always great, life is a wonderful ride with plenty of ups to temper the downs. So please try not to worry, although I know that's currently your default. And most of all, be kind to yourself. Learn to love yourself. I love you and I was you, so you can do it. Take care and I'll see you in the future when I'm looking into the mirror. And just make sure you look after yourself during the alien wars. Kidding. Lots of love. <laughs> yeah. The alien that's really nice. did you say? Yeah. That's really nice there, Jim. Um, by the way, would a younger you be wise enough to actually record that message? So yes, you have it. Uh, on what? On on your on your tape deck on your tape mini player. Disc, mini disc, mini disc. <laughs> he's got a couple of he's got he's only got a couple of minutes, and back then he's not going to have enough time. To, yeah, he's not got a phone in his pocket that he can quickly pick up and record it. So he, so if he doesn't read fast enough, it just burns before he gets a chance to read it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Jim, I've got a question for you. Have you never tried to rock the name JD before? Oh, it happened at a job that I used to work at where I used to sign off with my initials because hey, I saw a lot of people did and then they just started calling me it. Yeah. Can but I that was just a one-on-one job. Okay. If you like, mate, you, you've called me worse things. No, but, but you know what, Jim? You sound like I'm a meanie pants. No, back to your letter, Jim. I thought it was really thoughtful and insightful. I, did, and, I loved it. You know, the fact, you know, don't like, don't be hard on yourself. Accept, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of self-acceptance. Yeah, but do you and... think do you think we're like that nowadays though? Because time has times has changed as well, so it is more about being 
positive towards yourself as a person you a lot there's lots of self-help books and that and self-help kind of thing so it's a, it's a lot about like loving yourself looking after yourself and saying nice things about yourself and other saying nice things about other people as well but when we were younger there was nothing like that around was there i can't remember i can't like recall that. but i think there's definitely been a focus on mindfulness yeah um, that's you know, that but you know just trying to lighten the load off yourself because you know how are we gonna get through the world and you know, get through life without uh, you yeah. carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders yeah, but I think it also kind of, you saw that in films and TV and music as well. It was very kind of harsh when we were growing up in music. It was all about, you know, them horrible jokes about sexism, racism and all that stuff. Yeah. And um, and nowadays it's not about that. It's actually into like, they're trying to be more clever. Not all films and stuff like that, but they are trying to be more clever and more, you know, towards people's feelings. I, I, I think a lot of things have changed, but I think for me, I was always so critical to myself and so so hard on myself unnecessarily and if I said something that I thought was wrong I'd obsess over it forever and think that everyone hated me I saw someone posted this um, thing on Twitter earlier on and it related to younger me so much I'm just gonna read it right this guy wrote my special talent is assuming our friendship is a burden on you and you dread hearing from me so then I stopped talking to you to ease that load and ruin what we had you're welcome that was me I would think I'm not going to call my friends because they'll think that I'm a pain. So I'm just going to keep a distance. And then in the end, the distance ends up causing problems. I was I just never, a nightmare. Do you reckon you were like neurotic? You were, you, were, you were always such a fun person, Jim. You was you was the smartest person, on, one of the smartest people I knew. I, I got, I've got better through my 20s, but I was in my teens an absolute just... You let me live with you. They're a king. <laughs> they, they, you're right. I was totally neurotic. I, I think I was too, too, uh, I was too smart, but not emotionally smart enough. I was very emotional, but I couldn't understand my emotions. I was too logical. So I try and rationalize everything. And some things don't need rationalizing. So I'd look for things that weren't there and I'd obsess and just ruin friendships and ruin, um, you know, like interactions. And so, I mean, the, the phrase that comes to mind is um, in some cases is like, you know, you miss a hundred, hundred percent of the shots you don't take. I would not take shots because I'd be worried that I'd look silly or I'd say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. I was a nightmare. Yeah. I think that, I think that needs to get beaten out of people at a young age. You know, take, <laughs> take, take risks and don't be afraid to fail, fail because no, again, you know, you just, yeah. it's, it's, it's always going to be a fear. You know what I mean? Of like, you know, looking silly or whatnot but because because if, you, it's know, a, you learn it's, it's a chance yeah. to learn and if you know and if it may and it also makes you like when, when you've actually succeeded on something you never you never thought you could do that's like the best feeling and then like, it just gives you confidence to grow and you know progress and you know achieve yeah and I, like you said that don't be and you know i remember like playing football for quite quite a good football team i remember like failure wasn't an option it was like karate kid and i remember like you can't lose this weekend you can't do this you can't try that and i remember like training this team they call, and I remember the manager calling us like c-u-n-t's and stuff like that and when i was training i, I was a kid like a kid and i was like i went i, I just remember going home and going i don't want to do this anymore see I, I remember growing up and being not not good at stuff and that was fine but the thing that i was scared of failing at was like social type stuff i'd be yeah. like well i don't want to go and talk to that person because what if i say the wrong thing and in the end, I, you know, that's a, a friend that I could have made that I didn't. Like, I remember there was this party when I was 15 that I went to, I mean, like 14, 14 or 15. Um, and it was like, you know, the kids' parents were away and we were drinking and the police came. And we all got scattered. 
and um, we we're on our way home at like the early hours and there's one kid who's in my year I didn't know particularly well but he seemed really cool actually he seemed like a Rob type who's like to, you know cool enough that he, that he could hang out with the cooler kids if he wanted to but he'd never you know sort of dismissed anyone else and we were like sort of left going the last two going on the same bus and he was like do you want to come back around to mine and we can play computer games and like whatever and I, and I just I said no and I regretted it for years afterwards because we never spoke again at school because um, oh. I just felt embarrassed and awkward and it's like no, that guy was was a really nice guy who was reaching out and making an effort and I just went into my shell and you know what I think and and it's probably not a problem it's probably totally off subject is that god the fear of getting rejected the fear of getting rejected and I think you know as a guy I think you probably you probably get more than women in terms of you know you we're always the first to try and reach out and ask for a date or um it's just like yeah it's just it's just that fear isn't it really just like not being accepted um and you know, putting yourself out there and getting I've got a theory on this. I reckon Jim was scared to play Street Fighter against in case he lost. That <laughs> <laughs> could very well be the case. So if, we were, if we're going to summarise in terms of like the, the things that, if, you know, I don't think there's going to be many young people listening to the show, but if they were, if you could give one tip, just a top tip out of everything you've learned from like you're writing your letter, um, what would you give that advice? I mean, but let's say that you're giving this advice to your kid. So, Dave, do you want to go first? What would you say to Dexter as the number one thing that you would pass on that you've learned? Oh, shit. Can I do two? Um, yeah, go for it. I, I can do, I can do find, one. Find, find, find a passion that you really love and don't be afraid to fail. I like both of them. Rob? Uh, mine would be, not with school, just after what I said in my letter, just work a bit harder outside of school, even if it's college, because obviously you pick what you want to do in college. And then when you get into your job, just, you know, get established somewhere. Still have fun, but get established somewhere. And once you get established, life is just a bit easier and you can do a lot more things when you're in your late 20s and 30s than some of your friends will do. Mine mine would be don't overthink, especially when you're dealing with other people, don't overthink people's kindness. Um, Just go with it. Mm. Definitely. I think, you know, yeah, take, take, just I always meet, when I see many people, I always treat them at face value until there's a reason not to trust them. Well, do you know I've got people on my side, no matter who I met, who I met, you know, I should get used to them be kissing the lips, looking them in the eyes. <laughs> and that's why you're so that's the, nice lesson job, that, <laughs> that's the lesson that everyone needs to take kiss everyone on the lips. And, and look them in the eyes. eyes. <laughs> um, after this break, we'll be playing. We'll be closing out the show by playing our game. And this oh, week, God, I'm going to lose the game. I? No, no. This week, I've made a game that you guys have got equal chances of winning. Strip, 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 Rob. Is it? Is it Black History? <laughs> after the break, it'll be Black History with Strip Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm down to my pants, David. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Hello. Anthony? Oh, congratulations on your exam results. Grandma, I failed. You failed? What do you mean you failed? I mean I failed. Maths, English, physics, geography, German, woodwork, art. I failed. You didn't pass anything? Pottery. Pottery? Very useful. Anthony, people will always need plates. Anything else? And sociology. 
An ology? He gets an ology and he says he's failed. You get an ology, you're a scientist. Whether it's well done or hard luck, a phone call says a lot. The most brilliant boys, the teachers who are wrong, you know, they can't mark. A lot of them can't see. British Telecom. It's you we answer to. Hello, welcome back to the Dial Up Dudes. Uh, to close out the show today, we're playing my game for this week, which is how many. Can I just so sing chaps. a song? Go then. Goodbye, my game, my game. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, so, this game, how many? Um, I'm going to ask you to tell me how many of something there are. Now, I want you both to write down your number. Whoever is the closest of each one wins in the unlikely event there's a tiebreaker um i do have a, a a final question so question one don't don't confer write write down your numbers how many episodes were there of the original he-man tv series so all seasons of the original he-man tv series i want you to write down a bit of paper you got your numbers, boys? Well, like yeah. Dave's looking at his phone. I am looking, I'm typing it on my phone. <laughs> okay, so, Dave, give me your number. I'm going for 18. 18, right, okay. Yeah. So, 18 episodes. Uh, do you know any series there were of He-Man? No. You don't, okay. That's fine. Uh, Rob? I'm going with What's 32, on? my age. <laughs> you wish, mate. <laughs> so, 18 and 32. Well... You will be perhaps surprised to know um, that Rob's got the points. There's actually 130. And guess, I mean, there's no points for this, but how many seasons do you think that was? I mean, 25. 12 now. <laughs> two. There were two seasons, oh, 65 God. episodes each. That's intense. Mate, how could they work at that plot line for that season? <laughs> How did they come up with that many stories? It's 130 times they told, told you a moral story. No wonder our generation is so well behaved. Dave, can I just say, I, I wasn't even close, but I still got the points. I know, yeah. but the thing is, though, it's like, you know, like when you watch some soaps, you look back and you feel like, oh, there's like loads and loads of episodes, but all they're doing was showing repeats. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you've got so one you get... episode of He-Man, they keep showing it every day. So you get the game now, right? You, you yeah. guys, um, you've got just as much chance as, as winning, but you just have to have a, an idea of the subject matter. Yeah, it does help. Um, so it debuted yeah, in, in 1983 and ran until 1985. It had two seasons, 65 episodes each. That's intense, man. Okay. Those poor animators must have worked really fucking hard. Well, now let's see how you do with this one. Oh, God. Question two. How many characters have appeared on The Simpsons today? Uh, and I, I don't mean regular characters, I mean total so you've got to think about the main characters the other yeah, characters appear every now and then you've got the guest appearances you've got the movies as well yep you've got exactly and i think the simpsons have been running what since 1985 nine. Nine. Oh, nine. 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 have you got your numbers down yeah dave I'm going for that 1,270. Okay, and Rob? I'm going for 6,000. Oh, 
sound like three thousand. So, so, uh, who's the closest then? Oh. Hang on, I've got to do some maths here. <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't anticipate that uh, I would I have to do this. I was gonna go for what one thousand seven hundred and then I but obviously I've been a change of mind. But I thought that's a really difficult question because it's such a big show, but it's such a condensed show at the same time, apart from the special guests. So, so Dave you said six sorry you said one two seventy, right? Yeah. Rob you said six thousand. Yeah. Okay, so let me I know no one can see this, but Jim's got a whiteboard right now and he's right on it. He's like, it's like countdown. He's doing his accounts, isn't he? Do, 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 do. Okay, right. So, okay, right. This is how bad I'm at maths. I had to actually work this out. So, work the out. winner, <laughs> the, wi the winner is Dave. Wow! I don't know how, why. Sorry for anyone listening who says, this is, who says this is obvious that Dave won, because looking at it now, I'm like, of course he did. But I had to work it out because I'm not very smart. What, so what's um, the number? Was it 1,500? No, the number is, <laughs> it's not that bad, Dave. The number is 3,650. Okay. So, what? Dave, you were 1,730 off, and Rob was 2,350 off. Okay. Three thousand actually. Yeah. Suck that, Rob. Well Suck done, that. Dave. Well done, you bastard. That's, that's the only point I'm getting today. <laughs> there we go. Competitive, competitive. This game. Okay. Question. So this might be a little bit more in Rob's wheelhouse, I'm afraid. Oh, um, it's, it's yes, yeah, about family bar. Yeah, about my family. How many family members do I have? So how how many uh, Sorry, how many movies? So listen carefully. How many movies? Have featured either Jason Voorhees or Freddie Krueger. I don't actually know. That's quite a difficult question. Okay. Both got numbers written down. Yeah, I'm written down. Okay, Rob, what have you got? Twenty-one. Okay, and Dave. And I had um, twenty-eight. <laughs> Rob is bang on the nose with twenty-one. Uh... So there are 11 Friday the 13th movies, including the reboot. There's the one crossover, Freddy vs. Jason, and then there's mm -hmm. nine Nightmare on Elm Streets, including the reboot. And then a new Nightmare as well, yeah? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. By, by Nightmare on Elm Street, I mean those, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I question that, number <laughs> four. Well, you guess bang on, bang on the nose. Um, question number four. How many times has Ian Beale been married? Jesus Christ. Okay. I've got a number. I need about four pages for this. Go on, carry on. Have oh. you written down, Rob? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so Dave? I said five. Okay, five. Rob? I said four. Dave takes it. <gasps> he's been married it's... five times. No, he's not. Six. He's been married six times. Is it Sharon However, however he's been married six times to five women. Yeah. So he married Cindy, Cindy Williams, then Mel, Mel Healy, Laura Dunn, Jane Collins, then he married Jane Collins again, then Sharon Watts. He should, he should be put down his geezer. <laughs> <laughs> he should have been. So there you go. Right, okay. Question Shocking. number five. Now, I don't know who's got the better advantage on this one, if anyone at all, but how many presenters were there throughout the entire series run of Channel 4's The Big Breakfast? 
Now, I'll well, tell you gonna... that the Big Breakfast ran from 1992 to 2002. Are we just talking about the, 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 the two presenters? The main, the, yeah, the main pre- yeah, yeah, the main presenters. Okay. I think. Yeah, if you both get the same answer on this, which I know is unlikely, but if you do, then we'll go to the tiebreaker. I might just ask you the tiebreaker for the fun of it. I don't know. I can't really remember it at all. It's a difficult Have one for me. Written anything down, Dave? Yeah, I'm swearing all the names of the characters, all the people I know. Right, um, so Rob, what's your guess? I did eight. I couldn't think of anyone. Dave? I'd say 12. Dave's the winner. Oh, well done, Dave. So there were 19. Oh. Um, 19. I, all I remember is like Gabby, Chris, Mark Little, Johnny Vaughan, Denise yeah. Norton, Paula. And Zig and Zag did it for a while, didn't they? No, they I didn't, weren't. I didn't, include, I didn't include Zig and Zag. <laughs> so it was, it was Chris Evans, um, Gabby Roslin, Paul Ross, Mark Little, Paul Richard Ross. Alford, Keith Chegwin, Zoe Ball, Rick Adams, Sharon Davis, Johnny Vaughan, Denise Van Allen, Kelly Brook, Sharon Richard Davis. Bacon, Lisa Tarbuck, Lisa Rogers, mm. Donna Eyre, Mike McLean, Paul Tonkinson, and Amanda Byram. Oh. And Saddam Hussein. Oh, there I don't remember. you go. So, Dave is this week's winner. Congratulations, well done, David. Dave. Just to say, I let you won that, mate. Because I know all the answers. Well, you know, I'd like to I'd thank my mum and my sister for um, getting a degree, which is brilliant. So, this oh, one goes out well to Well done. Her. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, would you guys like to have a go at the tiebreaker? Yes, please. Yeah. yeah, as long as it doesn't mean anything, yeah? It doesn't mean anything. Oh, right, it yeah. always means something. Yeah. It always means something. That, Rob, so, don't be afraid of hell, mate. This oh, one is slightly different. <laughs> this one's slightly different. I want both the the number, but I also want you to tell me like the actual name, right? So write down the name of every Nintendo console you know. That includes handhelds? That includes handhelds. Would that include like um, Game Boy Light and Game Boy, or would you class that as a Game Boy? I'm not. I'm not going to tell you okay, what so. it does and doesn't include. Okay. I'm going by the official list. Okay. This is just for fun, kids. Just for fun. This makes me written. Makes me written radio. That's what editing's for. I can't think of any. I'm just really doing my head in. I've had a total mind blank. The longer you take, Dave, the more I keep thinking of the answers. <laughs> okay, well, no, I've got I've, 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 okay. I'm done, I think. So, Rob, do you want to give me your list? Game Boy, Game Boy Light, Super Nintendo Switch, Nintendo, um, N64, Wii. Was it GameCube Nintendo? Yep. Yeah, GameCube. That's what I could think of. So, how, you said that quite fast. So, how many was that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, Dave. I've got the NES, the SNES, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Light, GameCube, 64, Wii, Wii Fit, and Switch. Okay. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you both wrong Game Boy Light. That doesn't actually come into it, so it must just be, come under the generic Game Boy. Okay. Maybe, maybe there's no massive hardware difference. But I'm going to go through them all with you. So the original console, the original um, uh, Nintendo console, was actually called Color TV um. Game. <laughs> Did Wolf Hill name that? Color TV. 
I'm going to call it uh, Color TV again. So that was out from 1977 to 1980. So that, that preceded the SNES, uh, sorry, the NES. So your color TV game. Then you had the NES in 1983. You had Super Nintendo, uh, so the SNES in 1990. Uh, the N64 in 1996, GameCube in 2001, Wii in 2006, Wii U in 2012, and Nintendo Switch in 2017. For the handhelds, you had the Game and the game and watch series between 1980 and 91 and 2020, 2021. Um, you had the Game Boy in 1989, the Virtual Boy in 1995, the Game Boy Color in 1998, the Game Boy Advance in 2001, Nintendo DS in 2004, Nintendo 3DS in 2011, and then, of course, the Switch is also a handheld, as well as a console. So there you go. Okay, I think I won that one as well, actually. An education. I think it was the color which done it. Always better black. <laughs> so that is dun, all dun, 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 dun. time for this week. I say all we have time for. It was quite a, a bumper patch show. It was a good one. Good fun. Um, guys, where will people find us on the interwebs, David? I have no idea. Sorry, <laughs> 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 Jim. It's a really imaginative at the dial-up dudes on it was. Instagram and Twitter. And then, Rob, do you remember our email address? Uh, the dial-up dudes at gmail.com. It is. And then on on your Twitters, Robert? Um, I'm ex-zombish uh, on Twitter. You can find me on there. I'm beef and teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and you'll catch me outside. Um, so... See you all next week. If you want to like and subscribe and all that kind of stuff, it'll really help us. But don't feel pressured. Um, you know, like we said, love us. You you do your own thing. You do what you want to do. No, love us. Feel free to say no. I can subscribe. I can subscribe. But I love dudes. Love you all. Sweet dreams. Night night. Peace. Bye.